Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. I am Skyblaze and this is the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. So, uh, it's another week of lockdown. I hope everybody's staying safe and washing their hands and all that other stuff. Um, I've got to unmute my mic earlier because I'm an idiot and I have been drinking cider. So that may or may not have something to do with it. But, let's uh, continue with... Uh, today's show. Uh, hello to everybody in the chat, so who have we got? We've got uh, Resident SD, Grey4, II, Trudy Skies, Frost Gamer, my friend Jay who has just joined the server. Uh, not sure who else is around. Um, get, uh, I think Vrabseek might be around as well. But give me a shout if you um, want me to say, some uh, say something about you being around. So this week I'm going to be looking at what can only be described as one of the most infuriating game companies to locate music for because they have an incredibly generic name. I'm talking about 45. Uh, they are or were a software development company which were originally known as AIM until 1997. Yes, as in the AIM, the people from, like the people from Marvel, the bad guys from Marvel. Huh. I'm sure they're not evil though. But yeah, in 1997 they changed their name to 45 Co Limited. They have produced a number of games, so we'll be going to be taking a look at some of their later releases, mostly on the Dreamcast. So a, a game called July is a visual novel which was released for the Dreamcast in 1998. The game sees you play as two young men, Makoto Tamura, Tanimura rather, and Joshua as they seek to release, uh, reveal the mystery behind a bombing incident that occurred in London several years prior to when the game starts. From what I can find out, the game lets you play as each character in whichever order you like, but they both appear to follow their own story. It does appear that they cross paths when the truth is uncovered, and they then start to look into the connection between the bombing and a secret corporation called NAX. As a visual novel, it doesn't have a massive amount of in-depth gameplay, as you'd more or less expect. You'll have the ability to visit various parts of the map where the game is set within, and depending on your conversation choices with people and the particular times you visit different areas, the outcome will take different turns and trigger different events. I did manage to find some music for this, uh, not a huge amount, but I've, uh, I've got a little bit. And, um, so we've got uh, July, the theme of July coming up and then um, just because the name Makoto reminded me of Persona 5 uh, we've got Persona 5 Alley Cat so enjoy this musical break and I will speak to you guys again after the music 
back and that was Persona 5 Alley Cat and before that we had July the theme of July so going back into uh, the visual novel July at the start of each chapter you'll start on the map and get to choose from viewing any information that you have gathered at this point or looking at details of your characters and any NPCs that you encounter throughout the game as well as any information you have picked up through the chapters you've played through at this point when you want to start, you then choose whether you want to play as Makoto or Joshua. I've had a look at a brief playthrough of the game, and the art style is pretty heavily anime manga with static images. There's no voice acting, but there's quite a lot of music and sound effects. One fairly frequent bit of imagery you'll catch bits of is a reference to Nostradamus and the Quatrain number 72, which says, in part, the year 1999, seventh month, from the sky will come a great king of terror, to bring back to life the great king of the Mongols before and after Mars, to reign by good luck. Whatever that may mean. So if you do manage to get hold of a copy, and you can read Japanese, expect a lot of prophecy-related shenanigans and weirdness. Uh, Electropickle is asking if I'm planning on mentioning Inspector Gadget. Uh, AIM, uh, that 45 were called before they were called 45, did actually develop a game for the SNES called, uh, well, based on the Inspector Gadget license. I'm not mentioning it here because it's not really connected to Sega, whereas the other games I'm talking about are Dreamcast games for the most part, so. Not really, and this, this episode is more focused around when they were uh, 45 and when they were AAM. And Doan's now asking uh, regarding the, the prophecy snippet. It's, uh, Lavos will appear to the tune of the Fantasy Star 4 boss theme and cause Genghis Khan to randomly invade. <laughs> It could happen, I guess. Um, Electro Google is saying, I bring up Inspector Gadget because that game is the earliest known music credit for Sayori Kobayashi. See, Sega Connection. Okay, I don't know offhand who Sayori Kobayashi is. Let's ask Google. I realise it's probably a, somebody who's composed a lot for Sega. Uh, composed music for Sega games, best known for her work on the Panzer Dragoon series. Okay, cool. So there is a Sega connection. I'll buy a 
kind of five degrees of Pe Kevin Bacon one. Let's have some more music, shall we? Uh, so, I mentioned uh, I've got I've got the uh, Makoto's theme from July, um, and since I played Persona earlier, I figured I'll just stick with Shin Megami Tensei. And I'm going to play from uh, Shimagami Tensei Nocturne, aka Lucifer's Call, I think. Um, that's right, isn't it? Uh, we've got Normal Battle Stuck in Amaranth. So, hope you enjoy those. And I'll come back after the break to talk about the Tokyo Bus Guide. Yes, that's the thing on the Dreamcast. Speak to you soon. Listening to Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. I see.
And we are back. And that was Shimagami Tensei Nocturne Normal Battle Stuck in Amara, which presumably refers to the Labyrinth of Amara. And before that we had July Makoto. So, moving on. Now, I mentioned uh, a few episodes ago the Tokyo Bus Guide. And that show I was talking about the Dreamcast VMU, which could be used to play Tokyo Bus Guide's quiz game, which looked at road signs in Japan. Because, alright. The game itself is no less odd. Uh, this game is very simply a bus driving simulator, where you can drive along three specific routes in Japan, the Nijo 01, the Tian 70 and the Yume 76. You get to drive these routes through different times, noon, evening and night, with different traffic densities and passenger numbers. That is, when you unlock them within the game's story mode. Yes, you did in fact hear that correctly, this game has a story mode. As you progress through the game, you collect experience and have dialogue with some of your passengers. Stranger still, these interactions show as cutscenes and unlock profiles of the passengers which you can view elsewhere in the game. Okay? It's a peculiar way of doing things for a simulator, but alright then. Now we have the major oddness out of the way, let's actually talk about the gameplay. As you drive your selected bus route, you need to make sure you get to the appropriate stop on time, remember to trigger announcements for the next stop, ensure passenger comfort by not taking off or braking too quickly, as well as obviously following basic traffic rules. Failure to follow the rules and being a poor bus driver will lower your quote-unquote health bar. Minor actions such as forgetting to announce the next stop will not do as much damage to your health bar as say running a red light or crashing into another vehicle. If you use all your health, you'll be forced to retire. Now, I did manage to find some music for this game, but it's actually really boring and sounds like it's ripped from a low-budget 70s western. Um, so I'll play it a little bit, but I'll fade it out quite quickly because it is incredibly dull. Uh, so I'm going to play something else instead. Um, so I'll play a little bit of the, the music from uh, Tokyo Bus Guide, um, but uh, after that I'm going to play Alien Front Online, Alien Tokyo. And then, because it's a Tokyo bus guide, I'm going to play Initial D's No One Sleeps in Tokyo, because shut up, that's why. So, enjoy those. Probably not the first bit, because it's dull. But enjoy the other two, and I'll speak to you guys again after the music break.
And we are back. And that was the immortal No One Sleep in Tokyo from Initial D. Everybody loves a bit of Eurobeat. We all know it. You may deny it, but we know it's true. And before that, from Alien Front Online, we had Alien Tokyo. So, our next stop on this journey uh, is with Communication Logic Battle Daisessen. This game was released in 2000 for the Dreamcast, and you appear to be playing the board game Battleships, or a variant thereof. You have a board where you can place your troops, which appear in various different amounts and shapes. You can then save your layout and use it to face off against either an AI, or you can go online to face off against other people. As you play, you select a tile on which your opponents field, and the bomb will drop. Any troop on that square will appear and bow their head to you. If you manage to take out all the troops when at any given group on the board, they will then disappear in defeat. One unique feature is actually related to the bombs you drop. As depending on the shape of the troops you use, you will get access to a bomb shape which matches. So if you have a five-person troop shaped like the letter C, then you get to drop a bomb which will have the same shape. While this means you can hit more squares on the board, it also has the disadvantage of making your opponent aware of what kind of troops layouts you have so it balances out quite well. Further to this, if you lose your C-shaped troop, you will lo lose access to that type of bomb. The game has the aforementioned online and versus AI mode, but it also has a story mode, where you play as one of eight characters, which include a pair of twins as well as a pair of dogs. Okay, dogs playing Battleship, right, good. Or dogs commanding an eye, that's equally a bit bizarre. Whatever. One of the other cool things about how it approaches two-player mode, uh, you can use the VMU to see your layout, which can take with you to play on somebody else's game as well. This means that on the TV, you and your opponent will only see what troops have been found, which is actually quite cunning. Um, it's a shame that more games didn't make use of uh, things like the ability of the GameCube to connect to a Game Boy Advance, because that sort of layout would be pretty useful for that sort of thing. And Electric Galoo has put up a video of Communication Logic Battle Dice SN on the Discord chat. Uh, Doan's saying I want to play Langrisser as a dog. Are there any werewolves in Langrisser? <laughs> You'd know better than I would, dear. Um... But yeah, the, the idea of having your own layout being a secret by using the VMU is actually quite cunning. And it's the sort of thing you can do pretty easily with things like the Nintendo DS and so on. Uh, but yeah, you, the VMU was such a, a ahead of its time peripheral. It's a shame that it was a little bit small and underpowered for the sort of things that really could have been done with it. But then screen it in the controller, Sega a bit ahead of the curve on that one. Anyway, let's have some more music. So I did manage to find some uh, music from this. Again, not a huge amount. And some of the stuff I did find was quite short, were quite short clips, but I did manage to find one or two tracks that were actually all right. Uh, so from uh, Daisen, um, which is also known in Jap Japanese as Sushin Taisen Logic Battle, uh, we've got, um, it's just listed on mine as BGM05, so I don't know what it's actually called but BGM number five. And then, because it has the word logic in the title, uh, from Streets of Rage 2, Under Logic, which totally wasn't nicked from uh, the Shaman's uh, 
move every mountain. Honest Gov. Enjoy those. I'll speak to you again for Tripchin Corner.
for best Sega music, live shows, and the chance to request your favorites. This is RadioSega.net. And we are back. And that was Streets of Rage 2 under Logic. And before that, we had from Communication Logic Battle Dice SN, BGM05. I don't know what the actual track's called, but never mind. So, it's time for some Chiptune Corner. Uh, so, um, I tried something slightly different this week. Because I uh, reached out to somebody who's on my Twitter feed who does Chiptune music and said, um, would you like a track to feature on the show? And uh, who I talked to was Circuit Bird, uh, also known as Luca Antonia Harvey, who is originally from Hull in East Yorkshire and is now living in London. They've been making music since 2011 and she's become pretty much a fairly significant figure in chiptune and making an impact on the LGBT scene. She has also performed all around the UK and has even guest hosted the penultimate season of Last Call here on Radio Sega back in 2019. So, yes, most of you should be familiar with Circuit Bird. She was even nice enough to actually turn up to um, the Last Call Live that I was hosting down in London at the end of last year. So, I know she's very nice. But she has given me a, a track that's actually yet to be released. So you guys are going to be some of the first to hear this. Uh, this one is called um, Tarn Bacadam, and it's inspired by Rage Racer. So you hope you enjoy that. Uh, I will put a link up to her SoundCloud, so if you like this, you can find some more of her work on her SoundCloud. But yeah, this is Tarn Bacadam. Uh, it's from an upcoming album. I hope you enjoy that. I'll speak to you guys again after this.
we are back and that was Circuit Birds Tarmac Adam which is inspired by Rage Racer as I said earlier you can find her stuff on soundcloud.com forward slash circuit bird I thought that was a really great track and uh, there's also the sneaky um, welcome to the fantasy zone get ready thing in there which I thought was cool anyway thank you ever so much to everybody who's taken the time to listen in today Uh, Thanks to everybody on the Discord chat, as well as anybody else who may be listening in. Next up on Radio Sega, unless something has changed, we should have Saturday Night Sega coming up. And then tomorrow, we've got Sega Mixer Drive with Rexy. As always, the full schedule is available on the website, radiosega.net. If you've got a topic you want me to cover here on The Hidden Palace, you can get in touch with me via Twitter, where I'm at Blazing Skies through the Radio Sega Discord, where you can find me, I'm Skyblaze, or on the Radio Sega Facebook or Twitter feeds. In addition, if you happen to be a chiptune artist who wants me to feature one of your tracks on the chiptune corner, you can also get in touch with me those ways. Right, one last track for tonight. So I think I'm going to play some Sonic 06, uh, terrible game, awesome soundtrack. So I think we'll have White Acropolis the bass to go out on. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been participating in the chat tonight. So, Resident SD, Doan, Grey4, uh, Electric Boogaloo, as always, um, my friend Jay, who has just joined the chat. Hope we didn't scare him too badly. Uh, Frost Gamer, uh, Mars Matt Ricks, uh, Supersonic Swag, uh, everybody else who has been listening in and hopefully enjoying the show. I've been Skyblaze, this has been The Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Take care everybody, and good night.
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.